Welcome to The Middle, an exploration into the organisational layer that has the biggest impact on overall performance. In this podcast series, Stephen Wilson from Birmingham City University discusses the issues with executives from both the private and public sectors. For alerts of the next programme, don't forget to click the follow button. So today I'm delighted to welcome David Spencer to the programme. David is the head of marketing for Old Speckle Hen, uh, a very well-recognised brand in Green King. So David, welcome to the programme. Thank you, Stephen. I'd like to start, if I may, with this notion of brand management, um, which clearly um, is part of the umbrella of the, the head of marketing role. Um, and if you could just set us some context in terms of what your role involves. Sure. Okay. Well, I think to, to put the role really in a nutshell, the job is to generate demand. Uh, for for the brand, but a slightly fuller uh, view of, of what I think the role is is um, managing a process end to end, where you're starting off by trying to understand as well as you can, and hopefully better than your competitors, what your part of the market is looking for. Um, and then work out uh, how you can best deliver that, both in terms of um, a product and a, a brand experience, and then find ways to connect your brand with your potential audience in a way that they find fun, convenient, enjoyable, compelling, um, and where the value exchange seems fair, that people are happy to pay um, a fair price to get uh, a great product and a great brand in return. And then reviewing that cycle as it goes round so that you can make improvements all the way along the, the process. And that's, that's really, I, I think, um, how I see brand management working at Green King. It's very interesting because that's a much broader um, expose, uh, revelation of the nature of the role, whereas people looking at the title Head of Marketing might think, oh, this is somebody that uh, looks at uh, labelling, looks at advertising campaigns, uh, looks at the promotional aspect only. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think... um yeah, I think that's a common misconception that um, marketeers are there to sort of um, sprinkle some glitter on something and uh, that, that somebody else has thought about and created. It, it's not a description of marketing that really recognises the full extent of what marketing is there to do. Um, ultimately, I think the most progressive, the most enlightened businesses have marketing at their absolute heart because they realize that there in there is in a 
in a, in a free market, there is zero guarantee that anyone uh, will choose to spend their hard-earned money or time with you as opposed to somebody else who might be trying to meet their needs a little bit better. The other interpretation of marketing, which is very interesting, of course, is that everybody in the organization influences the marketing. Yes. You know, the distribution channel, the delivery driver. You, you know, everybody that has any direct or indirect involvement with the customer is inevitably changing their perception, is what we would call positioning yes. the, the offering in the, that uh, part of the customer or the supply chain's minds. Yes. And so there's a, a very big internal role as well. So on, on the one hand, you're looking very closely right down at the customer end. And the other, you're looking internally at all those people inside the organization that yes. are influencing how the offering is presented. Yes, and it's, it's, uh, it's a two-way process as well. So all those touch points, if you like, have uh, a role to play in building up a perception of a brand uh, or a, you know, a company, a service. Uh, one thing that I think um, is very valuable to try to harness is to, to try to build networks within the organization um, uh, which is not always easy, of course, when it's a large organization spread across many different sites um, and where people don't have uh, uh, an automatic reason to get in touch with each other. So I think that's something that Green King tries to encourage all of its um, colleagues to do, which is to, to, to build up those networks so that we talk to each other, we gain a more rounded understanding of the of the world that we're living in as a result, as well as more formal ways of trying to capture and share um, insight. So CK Assets Holding, the Hong Kong Chinese conglomerate, uh, bought Green King and seems to have brought a completely different philosophy. Beforehand, uh, it strikes me as being very financially controlled, very much a focus on brewery utilization and push the product through the distribution channels. And I'm feeling a very different sort of uh, outlook from you about understanding the customer and pulling the product through. One of the impacts that I see of CK being our owners is that they are very encouraging of a long-term perspective. Whilst there's still obviously a need to um, operate successfully and profitably uh, and show that we are uh, worthwhile investing in, um, there is a much, it seems to me, a much longer horizon, time horizon that, that we are focused on now, which allows us to make decisions that will pay back over the medium to long term and don't have to produce an instant uh, return. Um, 
I think the the other observation that I'd make is the impact of of Nick's leadership is so focused on um, consumer satisfaction that I think that um, you certainly see a, a, a huge focus being put on that now. As I say, I'm not sure that there wasn't beforehand, but that's absolutely at the heart of what um, Nick talks about. If you don't understand what what consumer happiness looks like, and if you don't organise yourself to deliver it, then you'll find that someone else will, uh, and you'll be left high and dry. So um, it, it's a, it's a name that everyone can get behind. It feels good, but actually, it has a very hard-edged business imperative uh, behind it as well. For our middle management focus, although, as you say, it sounds straightforward to say we're just focused on delighting customers and customer satisfaction, for many internal units that don't have direct contact with customers, it's indirect, it's through several different layers, that's quite a shock compared with previously, you know, it's your financial performance, it's your month by month or quarter by quarter financial performance. Um, and there's an ambiguity that's rising here for those people. You know, what does it mean for me to be customer focused when I am, you know, um, looking at refurbishing the brewery? I don't think it, you, you have to go through too many steps before anyone in the organisation realises that what they do in their role affects the substance of Green King's proposition to the market. Our proposition to the market is not just the beers we brew or, or, or the brands that we sell, it's the whole experience of dealing with Green King. And that, you know, it's all of our responsibility to make that effective and efficient and then be able to tell people about it. Because um, we, we know that being easy to do business with, um, whether you are a trade customer or even as a consumer, um, it, it is such a fundamental influence on uh, where people choose to spend their their time and money, you know that that's that's our whole purpose as a company, and it's not the purpose for some of the companies. All of us, all of us in the company, have that same purpose. It's a really interesting um, theme that I'm sure has to be consistent and ongoing. When seen in so many other contexts, people relate to local. You know, they relate to the other people in the commercial function if they're working there. They relate to the people in the finance function. That the tendency is to prioritize loyalty to local, and it's a continuous challenge and, and job to remind them of the overall purpose and to somehow get them to reconcile their loyalty to the overall purpose of the enterprise uh, more highly than their loyalty to local unit. Yeah, I think it's I think it's easier to do that 
if you are constantly being asked to think about the end customer or the end consumer, somehow um, how you then triangulate internally seems there are there are many more possibilities i think in in your imagination for how you might do that if you're thinking that those points of internal connection are not ends in themselves but a means to an end uh, the the end being delivering a, a, a consumer experience that means people spend their money with you now and in the future rather than your competitor i just think it frees people up to, to think more imaginatively about uh, uh who they talk to and how they can go about um contributing to that and, and it hints at this this really ongoing tension between um managing a stable situation and evolving with change and and uh, taking ownership of that change process yeah you have legacy, you know, and, and clearly you have heritage that you want to, to use as leverage. Mm -hmm. But you also recognize that, you know, there are enormously greater choices of entertainment than just go to the pub. Um, and, and consumer needs and pressures are very different and evolving. Um, this reconciliation between making money out of being stable but also staying relevant by moving with the change and the, and the intention to be dynamic is a very interesting one for you. It's really important that we are able to delve into how we think markets are, are going to evolve and face into all of the changes that we can see so that we understand um, where there are going to be opportunities as well as where there are going to be issues that, that might trip us up. And it's interesting if we put ourselves in, in the shoes of our consumers because often I think our consumers want us to um, be that reliable point of continuity in their lives um people love having a local that they go to they love having a favorite beer brand um, that delivers for them time after time so on the one hand they probably would think that they don't want it to change and yet i reckon if you showed people okay well here's what your favorite pub looked like 20 years ago or here's what your favorite beer brand looked like 20 years ago, you'd probably find that they go, oh, well, I hadn't realized how much it had changed and how much it had um, maybe evolved to keep up with the, the times a little bit. It's, it's a fascinating moment you reflect back a few paragraphs on what we were saying of how do you get the rest of the organization to engage with that sort of thinking and that sort of process um, when for many, the continuity is it's the same size of tin with the same label on it. Yeah. Um, whereas the feeling m might be the same, but actually the, the way that they get that feeling might be evolving. If, if we can uh, describe pretty simply 
what does happiness mean or satisfaction mean for a particular set of consumers or customers, then it's a logical next step to be able to say, well, then if that's what our uh, end point is, here's what our product or our service must deliver in order uh, for that to be the end result. Now, what is it about our product and service that must stay the same? What is it about it that has to change? I think you can start to break it down that way. If you're always relating it back to um, an endpoint where, where you're not deciding what that endpoint is, your customer is deciding what the endpoint is, then I think, it, again, it, it, that, that's quite freeing. That can be quite challenging, I, I suspect, when a lot of intermediaries inside companies playing vital roles have strong loyalty to their process, you know, the brewing process, the quality process, the delivery process. They've got um, a lot invested in that process. They've taken a long time to learn it, to make it work. They've got measurement systems along that process. Um, and you're saying, actually, the process may not be as sacrosanct as you think. It, it should be questionable, evolvable. You, you know, there's a really internal tension that is likely to arise here, is there not? I, I, I really genuinely haven't come across too much um, entrenched behaviour where people say, we've done it this way, we always do it this way, and therefore we're always going to do it this way just because. Um, no, I really, I really, I, I mean, I don't know whether grinking is unusual in that respect or not, but I, 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 I don't find that attitude i do think people are quite willing to um to look at how they do what they do and uh reshape it if they think it's going to deliver a better end result for the whole organization i think that's again coming coming back to it but having such a strong consistent emphasis on an end result that sits outside the organisation kind of forces that. Mm, very encouraging. As pubs have declined in number, generally, uh, in the UK, um, home consumption has become much, much more important. Mm. And there's a whole different set of um, priorities, uh, preferences, both at the point of purchase, whether it's in the supermarket, most likely, uh, and point of consumption, when you've got four in the fridge, what am I going to have now? What do I feel like? Yeah. That's a whole different dynamic from understanding what's going on in a pub, is it not? Yeah, I, th I think the, the um, where, where you can draw them together is if you take a further step back and you say, well, I'm going to understand what um, uh, people's lives look like now in terms of where they work, how they work, and how they uh, construct their life outside of work in terms of home life or leisure time. And um, 
I think if you start by building up that picture and then you understand what the role of beer is in the various different occasions that they will have during the course of the day, week, month, year, then um, then I think your your job as a marketeer is to understand which of those occasions are the ones that uh, you can focus on, you can win in, uh, and and then go after those with with a with a brand offering that will make a lot of sense to consumers. So the demise of the hot industries in Britain generally, steel mills, uh, you know, coal mines, places where people sweated a lot and need to get uh, liquid yeah. back into their systems, yeah. uh, that's been a fundamental change. Um, and I guess, uh, as you're saying, you, you know, people now, 2023, commuting less, working from home more, yes. uh, is another sort of pattern that's likely to resonate all the way up through what they choose, how they consume, and therefore reflect back in terms of what the challenges you're facing inside Green King. Yes, yes. And to, to, to pick another example of the change, look at the number of people now who would go to the pub primarily for something to eat compared to a generation or two ago where if you go to the pub, overwhelmingly it's primarily to have something to drink. Um, so, so the role of the pub has changed fundamentally in in that time for a lot of people not every pub not for every person but if you stand back and look more generally then then that role has has changed uh, an awful lot you know you can you can be almost as fundamental as you like about about how you analyze what's changed in that time um but to bring it back to earth you it definitely has uh, a very real impact on the channels where we sell our beer what kind of beer what quantity of beer we should expect to sell and what we're up against in terms of our our competitive set green king in the past has had strong involvement directly with publicans in their managed houses or fairly close relations in the least and tenanted part of the estate. But of course, as that whole set go down and the supermarkets and the convenience stores, the convenience store chains becomes more important, then there's a, a shift in emphasis on the channel through which Green King is managing that whole process, is there not? Um, y- yes, yes and no. Um, I think, I think certainly, um, our business with supermarkets is far, far bigger than it used to be. They're a really important channel for us, um, but I think it doesn't mean that because that's risen up, pubs are less important. Within Green King, there are many different types of pub offering that we put out there uh, and we want to make sure that every time we do that th- that offering is um, the right one for that part of the market whether we're talking in terms of geography or whether we're talking in terms of the type of pub 
a particular part of the market wants to visit, whether it's um, a very welcoming community local, um, where it's all about atmosphere, quality of products, quality of service, or whether it's um, a really nice dining experience uh, with with food that you you know want to tell people about very different kinds of experience but where we choose to operate in the market we just want to make sure that we're brilliant at it you paint a really interesting picture in terms of the scope of marketing and the involvement of marketing with the estates management looking at the different sort of establishment that's really recasting not the focus on the liquid in the tin, as it were, but much more on the experience. Let's take consumption of beer at home. Again, we have to think much more broadly than just the quality of beer in the can or the bottle. We need to understand what those consumption occasions look like and feel like for the people having them. Um, we need to really understand what, what, what they want to get out of it and what the available alternatives are. There, there are plenty of examples where getting a more rounded understanding of what your customer or consumer is, is, is looking for means that you put together a more compelling offer for them and you're you're naturally therefore working across different facets of the business to deliver that because it could be a product which means working with the brewers um it could be a, a particular pack format which means working with supply chain it means understanding what pricing is optimal for you for your retailer and for the consumer what's the best mix that does the best job for for each party how do you balance that so you're working with finance to 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 understand that yeah you've got to work across the business if you're going to have the most nuanced understanding of what that consumer opportunity is and how you respond to it David I think for, for many of our listeners you've you've recast this perception of what the marketing challenges are and illustrated very clearly both the customer intimacy and surfacing their unverbalized needs and priorities as well as the internal function within the organization influencing all the other parties and and bringing this broader context that everybody in the organization has a contribution to make in terms of uh, fulfilling and delighting the customer at the far end. So thank you very much indeed for your openness and exposition. It's been most interesting. Thank you. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. The Middle was conceived and produced by Stephen Wilson. For notifications of future episodes, just click the follow button. Thank you for listening. Thank you.